check. It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com. With Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap, they're on fire. Boom shakalaka. 200 strong. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is the list in your boy on Fightful for June 22nd, 2022. Please leave a thumbs up on this show. No list goes on today. I'm doing Quizzle Mania, but we have a retro review up on Fightful Select to make up for it. Check it out right now. We also just ran a story about uh, Court Bauer explaining to us what happened when MJF felt like he outperformed his contract over uh, in MLW, how that conversation went. Felt it was pertinent. We didn't exactly have a bunch of MJF news of late. He's been quiet, but uh, Jimmy, the wrestling world has not been quiet the last (laughs) two weeks. Yeah, you know, it has been quiet. Apparently my office, I got one damn printer for 40 people in my office, Sean Rossap. That's why um, I'm late. One printer yeah. offline in my well, entire we're, office. We're going to be about five minutes early. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, first thing I want to do, I always want to put over Know Your News. So Chris Van Vliet was my guest this week on uh, Know Your News Tonight. Chris is awesome. Sorry and, to hear uh, that. We, <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun, and uh, so that was a good episode. Uh, get the flick out of here this week. Alex and Kate covered the Lifetime movie Double Daddy, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Got no idea, but that's what they covered. And Fightful Select. I need, we, to, I need to assign them something. Yeah, Let me assign that? them. Southland Tales. Have you ever watched that movie? The Rock movie. Oh, not just The Rock. Like, the cast of that movie was... I've never seen ins- it, but I'm familiar. Buddy, you will look at that screen for about 10 minutes afterwards and be like, what the hell just happened? It has The Rock, Sean William Scott, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Justin Timberlake, wow. uh, Mandy Moore, Bai Ling... Kevin Smith, like there's a ton of people. Amy Poehler is in it. There's there's a ton of people. Will Sasso, Janine Garofalo, Sherry O'Terry, and John Lovitz from SNL. (laughs) Jimmy, it's it's unreal. But and it uh, did nothing at the box office. It did like three hundred and fifty grand. Wow, because it didn't get it didn't get a wide release. But right, right, uh, marketing, marketing, guys. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Get your super chats or humper chats in. Isaiah says it's Triple H really back. I'm going to find out. Don't worry, guys. I'll have something ASAP post-wrestling uh, reporting that Triple H is at the Performance Center and telling people I'm back. Uh, he, I would imagine that, if, if anything, he means if from an executive standpoint as opposed to uh, in the ring. Because oh, that, sure. that ain't happening, guys. So so don't, don't run away with it, guys. Nadir says, Thought SRS said no podcast on Twitter. Uh, no, I said no list goes on today, not uh, listing your boy, but we do have the War of the Worlds show that you guys can check out on Select. And let me tell you guys, the interview that I landed for tomorrow that I am not, I, I'm not going to even say the name until I know it. Jimmy, is it big? Oliver the Cat. Oliver yes. the Cat. It is. It is a huge interview. It'd be you one know of who the biggest... else you might want to interview? Come over here, Vatura. You know who? You know who's producing today? Vatura. Vatura. Let me fix my hair. She you can't see me like this. Here. Okay. Oh, sorry. You me- oh, I'm sorry. You're on the right side. The right You're side. on the right side. <laughs> you remember Vatura? Do I remember Vatura? I talk to Vatura every so often. Don't worry, I'm not going to bite you. Okay. I'm not going to bite Do you. Do I remember Vatura? You literally have okay. to come. I'm like right here. Ah. There okay. you go. There you go. Um, you're great. I can't hear you, but your gray hairs are a lot more prominent on screen. Wow. 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 She's talking wow. about you, Sean. All, it's all in good love. <laughs> let's get her away from the mic. Let's get her the hell out of here. That's let's, amazing. Let's the That's amazing. Kick her out of here. Listen, muted. She is muted. She can't talk. Nobody can hear her now. No more. But uh, we've got. Ryan Lambert saying, so what news will you get on the air this week? Uh, probably Triple H related news, honestly. And Cher Delaware says, bigger than Oliver the Cat. It's Kofi the Cat. Kofi the Cat. Kofi is a much more rare interview. Um, but Cher Delaware knows what the interview is. And it, it would legitimately be, especially at this point, one of the biggest interviews that we've done on Fightful, I would say. As long as it comes to comes through, right? considering the circumstances... And the fact that this person hasn't talked for quite a while. Yeah, your wife's going to not say nothing until it happens. That's a smart call. Yes, exactly. Uh, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. 
Matt Reichel says, congrats on the Fightful Select milestone, 7,000 subscribers and counting. Finally, Sean and Denise are doing a live post show next Saturday yes. after Money in the Bank in studio in Las Vegas. I'll be tuned in. I'm so excited about this. So, Jimmy, until yesterday, I wasn't going to Vegas. And Denise hit me up and she said, well, WDB's doing media. And I said, all right, I'll come out there. She was like, but I have another idea. Let's go to Blue Wire Studios and do our show live. So our post show will start a little bit later than normal. Uh, I'm going to Blue Wire Studios with Denise. We're going to be filming that show live. You can still send in your super chats and all that because that's a reason I don't travel to some of these shows, Jimmy. I'm like, well, I'd rather stay home, make the site a little bit more money. We get super chats and all that good stuff. But at 3 a.m. or at midnight Eastern, I think, I, I, let me let me make sure what time it is. Either way, I'm flying out a few hours after that. I'm getting the hell out of there. So um, that's going to be uh, quite the experience. That'll be awesome. You can go, getting to, in and you out can of there. go to my favorite breakfast joint with uh, Denise and Chris. Lucky you. Yeah, I depart. My, my plane departs at 1223 a.m. So um, we'll probably get out of there at about 8.30, 8.45, 9 or something, but I'm going to have to hit the bricks and get the hell out of there. Denise might have to finish the show solo even. Like, uh, we're going to do our live show, though. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun there, but yeah, I'm going to cool. have to make sure that everything, you know, is on time, obviously. Yeah, well, we have a lot to unpack with the Miss Man thing, but, but before we get to that, I want to just uh, send condolences to the families of Dave Hebner and Tim White, yeah, who both passed away this week. Dave was 73, Tim was 68. You're talking two of the first recognizable wrestling referees going back to the 80s. Two of the first guys that you knew, you knew who they were. They would say their name on screen. Uh, yeah. In the case of Dave Hebner, he was involved in one of the first ever angles with a referee doing the twin brother thing with Earl for Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan in 1988. And uh, Tim, of course, one of Andre's best friends. How many times did they tear up the friendly tap on Raw? Hey, yeah. Especially the APA. So uh, both of them, uh, very well-known, recognizable, respected referees. Uh, sorry to hear about their passing. They're still young, Indeed. too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's heartbreaking to see. Um, and... Just, people mentioning that WWE didn't say anything about David Hebner. By the way, guys, lay off the, the caps lock in the chat. Uh, not hard to do, but uh, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We got plenty to talk about today. We got Stephanie X Becca says, Hey Jimmy, as a fan of Stephanie, I might steal that Steph cut out from you. How is everyone? It looks like doing? she's got one maybe in the background. Is that it a Steph cut out like back that. there? It does look like a Steph yeah. cut out there. Yeah. But um, let me tell you, the one thing that I have learned this week is that the the roster loves Stephanie McMahon. Very much loves Stephanie McMahon. So let's let's get into the Vince news. Yeah, well, I, I, I saw a lot of questions on social media, and I saw a lot of confusion. Like, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, Vince's rights and his power, and why is he still let, involved with creative? And there's a lot of confusion. And so I wanted to just kind of explain everything. Uh, before I kind of jump in, What's the latest that you're hearing on, you know, backstage, Vincent Mann, Stephanie, Johnny Ace? What's the latest you're hearing on all that stuff? Well, the Johnny Ace thing, everybody expected him to be the fall guy, right? <laughs> everybody expected him to be the guy. I actually did not. And I'm, I'm going to explain really? that in a minute. Yeah. And that has only been reiterated further with Bruce Prichard being named interim head of talent relations. A lot of the roster is like, okay, well, now we got to go ask for time off from the guy who controls the most, the majority of our creative. And that's, nice. that's a big issue. That's, that's a problem. That ain't, that isn't ideal. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's a problem for some people. John Laurinaitis. Too, no, isn't that a pretty big workload it? for Bruce? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And when, when I would ask people about, well, how, how they feel about Stephanie, it's unanimously positive. Johnny, unanimously negative. And then I thought, well, maybe it's because of that talent relations role. And then I'm like, well, Jim Ross wasn't unanimously disliked. Christopher Daniels isn't unanimously disliked. Yep. The, I, I've known tons of talent relations people that are not unanimously disliked. It can't just be because of WWE, because as we mentioned, there are numerous people that have been in that spot. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Cohn isn't disliked. He works in talent relations. So maybe it's just because Johnny Ace has sort of earned that reputation, so to speak. Thank you, Paul Moss, for the donation. As far as Vince, it went from, and I think it it happened as designed. Vince came out and lightened the blow, so to speak, on Friday and lessened it even further Monday to where you have people outright defending him on Twitter. That, that are completely ignorant to the situation. Yeah, They're saying, oh, well, what's the big deal? He had an affair. Who cares? Well, there's a lot of stuff to care about, guys. Was, was this against WDB's code of conduct? WDB, a publicly traded company in which says you have to disclose this type of relationship if it happens. Uh, her salary was doubled in that period. That's with publicly traded company money. Passed like a toy to another executive with other NDAs uncovered along the way, and we don't know what those even consist of and the nature of those. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll be the first to say, I don't give a damn about his relationship with Linda McMahon. I don't give a damn about Johnny Ace's marriage. I don't know their rules and boundaries. And and quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. I don't care that if it's not illegal, not consensual, or not against basically those codes of conduct, so to speak, I I don't really care. I, I Jimmy, I don't know how many times you've, I've told you I don't report who's screwing who because it's not my business and I don't care. Mm -hmm. This is a different situation. If there is coercion via a power dynamic in this company that we're covering, well, that's, that's a big problem. And that definitely affects people saying, well, it was consensual. We, we don't know that. We don't know how this came about. We don't know how it ended. We don't know why she isn't there anymore. We don't know about a lot of this, and it's opening up a lot of other things from other investigations to people saying, hey, why are these people dumping these stocks at this point? Why did Stephanie leave in May? She was on the board, so very clear she knew about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, There's an awful lot here. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let me, let me start by explaining voting power. Because I saw a lot of people that don't, don't really understand voting power. So Vince has 80% of the voting power in the company. That means that he's the ultimate decision maker. They got two classes of shares in WWE. They've got class A shares and they have class B shares. The class B shares have 10 times the voting power per share of the class A shares. And obvious guess, what kind of share does Vince mostly own? It's the class B shares. Yeah. And so the last time I looked, he owned less than 40% of total stock in the company but he's yeah. got 80% of the voting rights because he owns mostly class B shares. So that means that he's ultimately the decision maker when it comes to Stephanie, yeah. you know, when, when news came down that Stephanie was stepping in as interim CEO, I'm going to be honest with you. I chuckled about it yeah. and I posted something on Facebook, on uh, Twitter about uh, that's an interesting choice because it came off like bullshit to me. It came off like a PR stunt. And, and I mean, no disrespect to Stephanie. Stephanie was not at the top of the food chain corporately in WWE. She wasn't. Nick Khan was ahead of her. I think you could argue Frank Riddick, the CFO, was ahead of her. She had just left, like you said, a month previously. You know, there, there you had heard reports. There had been reports about her performance. All of a sudden, she's the interim CEO and chairwoman. It came off like yeah. a complete PR stunt to me. And then as soon as word broke that Vince was going to maintain creative control, then it was absolutely an optics play. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect to Stephanie McMahon, she's not going to make any significant decisions without Vince's green light. She's not. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I, I mean... Care- if I were her, this is absolutely the time I would because what was she doing before? She was out. She didn't give a damn. So yeah, I, see, I think, we we don't understand what they what agreements they might have. Of course, you know. But like my, I just tend to think that she's not doing nothing that Vince doesn't green light first. 
Now, I want to talk about something um, Brandon Thurston posted uh, from WrestleNomics. He posted an excerpt on Twitter from Vincent Mann's employment agreement, and it yes. showed the conditions under which the board could terminate him. Uh, and there was stuff about ethics and whatnot. I think it's highly unlikely that the board does that, even if they have grounds for it, even if there's something in his agreement that he very clearly breached. Highly unlikely that, that the board of directors is going to oust him uh, or terminate his employment. And I'm going to explain to you why. So first and foremost, even if he's no longer employed by WWE, right? Even if Vince is no longer the CEO and the chairman of, of WWE, he still owns the shares. That yeah. means that he still has his voting power. And the people on the board, they're essentially there because he picked them. That's why yeah. they're there. If they terminate him, so long as he maintains his shares and his voting power, all he has to do is wait till the next round of board elections and inject new people onto the board, and then they'll reinstate him as CEO. And that's how it works. And, and there's actually precedence uh, about this. And I had remembered a story about a guy named Harold Ballard. Harold Ballard was the executive vice president of the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team uh, in the 60s. And what happened is Harold Ballard, there was him and another guy named Stafford Smythe. They controlled the majority of the shares on the board. And in 1969, they were charged with tax evasion. And it was legal grounds for termination. So the board of directors ousted them from the board. Well, what do you think happened? About a year later... Harold Ballard, because he had the majority shares, he injected new people onto the board and they, re they reinstated him as the executive vice president. And the guy who had led the charge to oust him, Harold Ballard booted him when yeah. he got back in. So there, there's, there's precedence for this. And so I just, I don't see really anything happening with the board. I think there's three ways that Vincent Mann is going to give up control of WWE. Number one, he dies or, or, he, or he gets sick to the point that his cognitive is affected. That's number one. Number two, he voluntarily steps aside and gives up control. You know, time to go. And then number three, if that happened, right? I mean, yeah, you never know, but that, that would be the option. Well, and then number three, he sells enough shares that he doesn't have majority and then they can vote him out without repercussion. Those are the only three ways that I see anything happening. And there are people that think that this is very like superficial, him stepping aside, CEO, chairman, and all that stuff. And they're like, if it wasn't superficial, he would give up creative. And they're like, at this point, does he really give a damn about those other two things? What more does he need? As a chairman, like at this point, if you're still doing this job and you yeah. have that much money, it's because you want to. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to. I think Dana it's the saddest White, thing at this point. Yeah, Dana White does his job because he wants to, because he likes it, because he's making a lot of money. Um, and that's that. Vince does not need any money. He doesn't need anything beyond that. Uh, Hunter, Hunter says, do you see Vince's TV appearances continuing? I hope not, because they're very awkward and stupid at this point. Very arrogant. Very arrogant. Very and arrogant. That, that's and we had people, or I had people saying, "Oh yeah, right." I bet people really were enraged. Yeah, there were some people that are very angry about this in WDB because they're like, "He ain't out there doing the fucking media. Right. The talent has to do the media. The talent's going to be the ones that get asked about this. Right. They're going to have to answer to this. They're going to have to be the ones that awkwardly say no comment yeah. and have that brought up when they do media appearances." It was um, a statement. He was making a statement. I mean, yeah. he, he, he was basically just saying, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And that's what it was. I mean, jumping off the steps on Raw, it was really arrogant out there, I thought. And uh, it's th th these are serious allegations. And and to, to answer what you said earlier about, well, why do people care? He's a grown man and it was a consensual relationship. This kind of thing, when you're the, the guy heading up the company, if you, you know, breach conduct violations, whatever, you that can cost you business relationships. If yes. that costs you business relationships, that's going to tank the stock. Like there's repercussions to this stuff. So it's not a legality issue. It's an issue of what's going to happen with your investor relationships. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. And there, there's going to be a lot more that I think emerges from this as well. Joel says, so Sean, Jimmy, what's the likelihood percentage wise of Vince being removed from CEO permanently? Uh, okay. I'm not going to say zero because anything can happen. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. I uh, I'm going to say there's a potential that he steps down on his own. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it's superficial at this point. They don't need him as, as CEO or no, chairman. And you, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. For, for all we know, maybe they've been talking to suitors. Yeah. And maybe Nick Khan's telling them, because again, Vince has got a lot of shares and, and is due to make a shit ton of money on an acquisition. Maybe Nick Khan goes and goes, this is going to impact a deal. Yeah. And then maybe he, like you said, kind of superficially steps aside because there's a deal in the works. He's not going to get ousted by the board. I'd be shocked if he got ousted by the board because, again, he'll just wait till the next round of elections. And if he wants to be CEO again, yeah, he's got the rights to plug in new people and get reinstated. 
Shot Kid says, do you think the law firm sniffing around WDB will have any impact on all this? Or are they just chasing empty ambulances? Yeah, that was going to be another another point I had on here. There, there are some legal firms that posted press releases saying that they're planning a class action uh, for supposedly misleading investors by not disclosing information. This is an odd story to me. If you if you follow any of the finance websites that cover WWE, whether it be the Business Wire, whether it be Yahoo Finance, whoever, oftentimes these legal firms issue press releases like this. This is nothing new. Right. And the reason they do it, the reason they issue a press release is they're looking around at plaintiffs. That's why they do it. It is a cash grab. That's what it is. And they're looking to, to round up plaintiffs to strengthen their case. That's why they issue these press releases. Most of the time they go nowhere. It's strictly a cash grab for these attorneys. I don't it's not, it's not a story to me. I don't see them going anywhere. Tin Roos says thoughts on Dewey Foley. I'm not that familiar with him. He Honestly. apparently left WWE, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's, he seems to indicate. But uh, any updates on Naomi, Sasha? We will be getting to that momentarily. Can't wait for Dynamite today. McMahon Helmsley era has begun, sort of. Yeah, I had a lot of people saying, well, what would Triple H take over? And I said, no, because they disassembled his vision of pro wrestling a year ago, like very clearly. Mm. Paul Moss says, Forbidden Door with New Japan owning Stardom. Was there ever any talk of having anyone from Stardom face anyone from AEW? Well, Stardom has a show that day, I believe. But um, I, I think that that will eventually happen. And yeah, I'd love to see Mayu Iwatani as well. Um, I don't know that that was heavily discussed. I haven't heard of it. Jacob Donnelly says, with all the talk of Kenny Omega recently, have you heard any rumblings on his return? How about this, Jacob? I will find out this week. I want to I want to make one other point about the Vince thing before we move on, and and this is something that Brandon uh, from WrestleNomics wrote about in an article, and I thought he made an awesome point. So wrestling is never scrutinized by the mainstream, the yeah. way that, that other forms of entertainment are. Journalists oftentimes are uninformed; they don't do proper research. They say things that are completely inaccurate because they just don't do the research. They make snarky comments. Even the even the story about Vince on CNN, the reporter had to get in the little jab, had to get in the little snarky comment. I mean, to me, there was nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not. That's not my point. That but, wasn't to me. That wasn't even snarky. They said Vince McMahon is not leaving the screen. He's going to appear on SmackDown tonight, and he said, "Of course he is." Yeah. I yeah. mean, I. That's what I thought when I heard it too. Yeah, was, but no, the, the, is. the point of the article was that because of the way that the mainstream kind of has always treated pro wrestling, the general public, unless you're a smart fan, you're typically out of the loop yeah. on a lot of this stuff. And a good example that Brandon made was in 92 when Vince was on the Phil Donahue show talking about the sexual misconduct allegations, which were serious allegations. Yeah. A woman in the audience, when it was question period time, whatever, she stood up and she goes, but isn't wrestling fake anyway? As if you could defend the misconduct because it's like yeah. a fake sport kind of thing. And so the point that Brandon made, and this could be to Vince's advantage, even if he is deemed guilty by this investigation, it'll be easier to sweep it under the rug without a lot of press. Sure. And, and I could um, see that happening. I could see them just kind of laying low for a couple of quarters and keep things the way they are right now. And then the next thing you know, on one of the quarterly calls, he's been reinstated as CEO. I could, I could see that happen. And also, um, whenever, <laughs> if you remember back, like to, to that same vein when Kevin Nash was on after the Benoit scandal and he absolutely hosed some third string Hannity reporter. Cause they're like, Oh, you don't think there should be drug testing and stuff like in baseball. And he's like, we're not athletes. We're entertainers. So no, I don't. Uh, that's, that's worth, that's worth a view. Nancy Grace, uh, when they were covering the steroids and stuff like that and all, and, and wrestlers passing yeah. away, she had a list of wrestlers to prove her point, and Owen Hart was on her list. Oh, yeah. They don't do research, these journalists, when it comes to pro wrestling. They just don't. Van Twinblade says, can we get a kitty on screen to lighten the mood? Also, I mean, to your point about them not doing research, even, like, I, I'm not taking a shot at Wall Street Journal here. Wall Street Journal included information from John Laurinaitis's kayfabe WWE.com profile. Where it said he is one of Vince McMahon's closest or Mr. McMahon's closest confidants. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's, damn awesome. It. that's uh, awesome. We've got a couple more uh, super chats, humper chats. Let me make sure that we're all caught up. I think we're all caught up, Jimmy. Oh, Daniel says, I wish Forbidden Door had a better card. Thoughts? There are some notable omissions so far, Jimmy. Like, no, Okada. there's still some time though. No Okada. We don't have Cole or Hangman set for anything yet. 
Omega is not around right now as of yet. We also don't have uh, Brian Danielson confirmed. Obviously, CM Punk couldn't be on there. It, it's uh, it reminds me a lot of One Night Stand 05, where it would have been good to have a few more names, but I still think that this show is going to be really good. Why don't we talk about that now? So Brian Danielson, he's supposed to address his status this week on Dynamite. Any insight on Brian Danielson? I had heard that he was sidelined a couple weeks ago and that there wasn't a timetable on it. That, to me, I think you can kind of infer what uh, what that might mean yeah. as as to, to his injury. But That's too bad. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I have no clue if he's in or he's out or anything like that, and I'm not listening to any aggregated reports until he goes out there and says it himself because he could very well get cleared this afternoon. What I hope he does is he gets on the mic, he talks about then, now, forever, together, says welcome to Dynamite, announces to everybody that Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to compete at Forbidden Door, and then he throws the mic and jumps off the stairs. Wow, wow. That's what he should do. Pop a number. Yeah, I don't see Brian doing that out of respect events, but uh, but that'd be that'd be that'd be interesting <laughs> if they did. What about Jay Way? Because apparently they're gonna announce his opponent this week for Forbidden Door. Any guesses? Rexbeck. <laughs> Look at Sean. I don't want to tip my hand. There. I don't. But want if to you want to tip, no, I'm just kidding. It wouldn't surprise me to see a big name. I haven't been told anything to to necessarily indicate that, but it wouldn't. In addition to Cole or or Page, it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe another big name. And you know, if if you want something big, creative, what? Well, I knew, well, let's get to this sub, this Humber chat. I saw Daniel says, I, I asked if a TV station could say they won't sign a new TV deal if Vince is in charge of creative or not just in charge. I doubt it, but I thought I'd ask. Well, then he'd say, well, we're not going with you. That's what he would say. I don't know if executives at the TV networks have that kind of wherewithal, if I'm being honest. Like yeah. a lot of them aren't wrestling watchers. They look at the numbers. I don't know if they understand, you know, oh, Vince doesn't have any main eventers. I don't know if, if the average studio executive or, or network executive knows that. Well, I got some good numbers for you, Jimmy. How about 70% off? How about an additional month free? How about a 30 day money back guarantee? That's what happens with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Some of you asking how you can watch certain shows on a certain weekend that's coming up. Well, NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You've tried the, the weather in Lithuania lately. It's looking pretty good. You can change your virtual location with just one click with nordvpn.com slash Fightful, and it works on all your devices. And now they have several different plans. They have the standard, which is the VPN only, the plus, the VPN plus the pass, plus the complete, which has VPN, pass, and a locker. That bonus one month on top remains for all plans and products. nordvpn.com slash Fightful. You can check out a lot of other services in a lot of different countries. With NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Check out my interview with Leo Rush, which dropped today here on Fightful. But you can check that out with or without the VPN. But I'll tell you guys a little story that I've been telling on the show lately. I uh, downloaded the new PS Plus, or I got the new PS Plus Premium. Jimmy, you can turn that off. The, the thing is down. Oh, sorry. But I my speeds were low because I've got a dynamic uh, IP address, and PS Plus didn't seem to like that IP address. I changed it. With uh, I changed it with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, and my, my speed's increased on PS Plus. But, um, yeah, Jimmy, what else? So, Brog Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Sean. Yeah. I want, I want to ask you about this. So, I can't believe they're doing it again. And, and of course, because it's Vince McMahon, I guess I, I should be believe that they're doing it. But I can't yeah. believe they're doing it again. I know that you weren't happy about it. I saw your rant on the post-Raw show. It was like Chevy Chase and Christmas yeah. Vacation. It was it was quite entertaining. Here's my question. Are you and I in the minority? Because I understand that SmackDown did a good number, and Vince might have helped pop that rating, but SmackDown did a good number. Roman's quarter did really well. The YouTube numbers are doing really well for the Roman and Brock segment. Are you and I in the minority? Because I don't know why anybody would want to see this again. I don't know. I, I can't possibly get inside the brains of those people. 
that have seen this match this many times. Right. When's the okay. last time? Hey, when's the last time Roman defended his title on pay-per-view? Mania. Against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that was the last time. And then before that, they had the Saudi match too, I believe, right? I'm I'm so sick of this same old bullshit, man. Like nobody can get over because they they everybody just is there as a placeholder at the expense of these two. And Roman, I get it, he's in his prime, but do something else. Why both titles on this guy? And okay, so so let's look back. They did this match at Mania in 2015, right? They had Seth run in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then a year later, they ran a triple threat with Dean Ambrose. Cool. Whatever. A year later, or a year and a half later, they ran it again, but Braun and Samoa Joe was involved in it, so they, they had that. Then they followed it up a few months later at WrestleMania. Then they did it again the next month, or not even that, three weeks later, in a cage at Greatest Royal Rumble. Then they came back four months later, and they did it at SummerSlam. Well, all right. Then in the interim, they were about to do it for a Saudi show, and that's when Roman got sick again. So they couldn't do it. So what do they do? They come back at Crown Jewel last year, and they do it. Well, that wasn't it, Jimmy, because they were going to do it at day one as well until Roman got COVID. And then what they do? They completely blew up an, an entirely different title reign, then did this match. Brock went away for a few months. Randy gets hurt. Break glass in case of emergency. Here's Brock again. Yeah. And I yeah. got people saying, who's left? Who's left? When the answer to Roman Reigns saying, there's nobody left, is a guy that we've seen this build for nine times. Right. He's right. Nobody's <laughs> left. And it's the booking's fault. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, I... I've talked before about what a fan of Brock Lesnar I am uh, because I I am a big fan of Brock Lesnar, but I don't want to see it again. I would find Roman against anybody else more interesting than Roman against Brock again. And I, I had commented on, on, you know, social media, why throw Veer Mahan in a nice suit? Like he is, like he is when he's on social media, put Veer Mahan in a nice suit, nice pair of sunglasses. He goes in there and confronts Roman Reigns. That would be more interesting to me than Brock Lesnar. Montez Ford, how long have I been putting over Montez Ford? I've been putting over Montez Ford, I feel like, for two years on this podcast. He's physically looking like a million bucks. Give Montez Ford a shot. They had one, one match on SmackDown. That was pretty good. Give him a shot. Yeah. Literally anybody would be more interesting to me than Brock Lesnar again. But uh, like you said, Vince just kind of goes to the well. And, and I want to say this, too. So there were some people on social media that were saying, well, the audience must want it because they keep selling tickets. And I tried to reiterate at WrestleMania, they had to do two for one ticket promotions. Mm-hmm. And it's because people weren't into the main event. People try to defend that saying, no, 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 no. It's because you can't fill an 80,000 seat venue two nights in a row. That's why they did two for one ticket promotions. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. Yeah. WrestleMania is a traveling fan show. The traveling fan that comes into the town for mania, they go to both nights. They didn't convince enough people to want to travel to mania for that main event. That's, in my opinion, what it was. And if you had an interesting main event, I think you would have had more people that wanted to go see it. I, I just don't want to see it again. I'm not enticed by it again. And, I'm with and, you. And, and, and here's the thing. And I, I've went on this ramp before, too. <laughs> For the love no, of God. But the thing is, so is there's, there's no win. It's, you, know, you know how we talk sometimes about how Vince paints himself in a corner? Mm-hmm. There's no win because Roman can't lose. Like, he, he's too strong. He can't lose. Brock is going to lose again? Going to lose again? Then where's the stock in him with what you're paying him? Where's the stock in it's a it's a lose lose matchup and and I could go on for an hour about how Vincent Man not good at his job he's been a creative liability for 20 years I won't go on a big rant about it but it's just a bad matchup to book at this point anybody else against Roman would have been more interesting to me than Brock Lesnar but I like I asked you are we in the minority and 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 do a lot of people still clamor for this matchup so I think that I think that probably a good portion of people are like what the hell man again. Again, Corey says Osprey OC is extremely underwhelming. If I if I, I get both part were part of chaos, man, I'm sorry I butchered that. He says, but Osprey is a major main event star and deserves to be so. Thoughts? Uh, look at the digital numbers on Orange Cassidy, my friend. Look at the people that he gets interested there. Like celebrities take note of him. I think he's a good person to put against Osprey. And 
look at the pack match as well. I think that there's a really good indicator of what he can do. And you got to remember that Orange Orange Cassidy can go. You know, people people get lost sometimes in, you know, his character. And he's going to do the same with Osprey, the same shit where he's like lazy and stuff at first. But he can go. And by the end of that matchup, they're going to be flying. Yeah. Joel Wood says, so as far as the Vince thing, you're telling me nothing positive will come of it. Vince will just take back over and business as usual? Yeah, I think so, Jimmy. Unless he just decides to step away. And I, to me, his, his appearance on SmackDown and Raw tells me that that's not his intention. Yeah. I think his intention is to let you know I'm here. So I don't think anything's going to change unless unless this investigation undercovers uh, uncovers something so heinous that you've got a uh, USA network and you've got Fox and you've got everybody saying, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to sever ties with this company. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I, th I think it'll quietly go away. Rocketplex says, hi, guys. Bleacher Report sucks already down 100 bucks. I hope they get that shit sorted because this ain't cool. Heard about that. Yeah. Hunter Gaskin says FTR taking the IWGP titles has to be a lock, right? Why are they not the AEW champs with them being one of the most overacts on the show? I'm sure they'd love to know that. I'm sure they would love to be AEW tag champs again. Their, their one run was pretty short. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where they are the hottest act, but AEW, guess, doesn't feel like it makes sense for them to be the tag champs. To me, I think it does. I think they should hold all of them. I think they should give them the historic reign and then say, Hey, impact, let, let's have them take the titles off of good brothers too. Let's, let's work that out. Do something special here. Um, but yeah, I think that they're winning those titles. Daniel says, Sean, they don't grab the brass ring. Yikes. Connor says, does Brock win? Then drew get his Brock moment in Cardiff. Oh man, that would seem really cheap for them to go from drew to Brock. Cause if you're going to have Brock beat Roman, just go ahead and have, drew beat roman like i'd rather drew beat roman in cardiff than brock win at SummerSlam. yeah to me it really is a lose-lose it really is it's a tough tough matchup Corey says rollins wins money in the bank then cashes in after roman wins here's what i thought jimmy roman and brock knock each other out in the last man standing match rollins cashes in and just stands there as they both get counted out and he wins the title without pinning anybody is that legal i think he i think he oh you mean like he'd wait till they're counted out because he's still got to pin somebody no no it's a last man standing match have they ever had a triple threat last man standing? no match? they haven't okay okay <laughs> so that'd be that'd be a way to do it van Twinblade says vince couldn't book if you put him in a freaking barnes and noble do you think that if rollins did that that he'd have a hot enough run over nine months or whatever it's going to be until Cody comes back, because that's probably the direction, right? Have Cody take the title. I would think so. I mean, I think it's, it's Cody at mania taking that title. Yeah. Taking that title. I think Cody Roman would probably have more bang for the buck. Although they still think about rock, right? I guess that's all still up in the air. Yeah. Dark mm. fiend says any word on confirmation about the triple H meeting and him saying I'm back. I'm working. I'm working on finding it out. Uh, Blackmore says that sounds very TNA, Sean. It does. That's why I think WWE would do it. And, R and Rollins is the perfect character for that, too. Yeah. Yes. I want to mention something quickly, going back to the Vince thing, because it just popped in my head. I was I was going to mention it earlier. Another potential uh, uh, negative repercussion of this whole thing. Logan Paul told a story on social media about how when he, that Japanese suicide force thing happened with Logan Paul, that The Rock or the rocks people reached out to Logan Paul and said, all footage of us together. I want to pull from social media. Yeah. Right. Do you think that if this, this investigation reveals that Vince was guilty, that the rock or his people will say, we're not doing mania. I think there's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, That's another potential repercussion that, that, you know, you don't think about. Abinav says, should AEW's first Canada show be at BMO field? What's that Jimmy in Toronto? It's where the it's where the Toronto uh, soccer team plays. Yeah, um, I mean, you know what? The the one good good thing about him asking that question is, it's a nice aesthetic because it's an outdoor venue because it's you know it's a it's a, it's a stadium for the soccer team, and AEW is big into that kind of an aesthetic. Um, I don't know. I I could see Tony Khan because Tony Khan's got some roots in Toronto. They've got the Four Seasons here. I could see him wanting to fill up Air Canada Center because it's the venue. It's not Air Canada Center now. It's yeah. Scotia, whatever. But 
I could see him looking at that like that's kind of the venue in Toronto and that's what, you know, WWE fills for Raw and stuff. Although maybe Tony's even going to be thinking Skydome. Not called the Skydome anymore, but, yeah. you know, who knows? Get in your Super Chats. Get in your Humper Chats. David says, any word on Danielson's status for Forbidden Door? No, I do not have an update on his status and I'm not willing to repeat other people's aggregated stuff. In, in that sense, but uh, I do know that there's supposed to be some more matches added this evening. I have heard that. So, yeah. have you heard if they feature the big guys you're talking about, like Okada? I don't think Okada's going to be there. I think they set that with Adam Cole's promo when he said he's not even going to be there. I think that was to temper expectations. Mm. Somebody okay. says, I wish we could do Rack Spec. I do too, but uh, I got to do Quizzle Mania. I got to hop off here at 355 ish. Yeah, yeah. And I take it no Abushi either, right? Because there's issues there. Lots of issues there. That's a bummer, too. Like, there they are. Those are two studs. That's unfortunate. Okada, Ibushi, Punk, Brian, Omega, right now. That's maybe you could argue what maybe the five biggest names, five or six of the biggest names. Tanahashi and Moxley are absolutely up there. Hmm. but like god that's like five of the the top seven or eight names yeah and omega's unfortunate because obviously he's got the connection to new japan and yeah you know that's unfortunate i want to ask your thoughts on rampage um so passes prime as a fighter i liked him a lot better in pride <laughs> um i actually just saw the the bella was it bellator where he slammed the guy or pride where he slammed the guy yeah, that that's, came what, up on that's my, what made me an MMA fan. Yeah, came up on, I'm on YouTube the other day. So we've talked before on this podcast about how I don't understand why Tony Khan gives away big matches and big moments on Rampage. Friday night's at 10 o'clock Eastern time, which is a horrible time slot for television. Yeah. And I never understood why he did it, uh, but he did it. Last Friday, they did 331,000 viewers on Rampage in the regular time slot, and they did a .1 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic and yep. there's no way around it that is awful like there's just yep. no way around it bad it's number bad really numbers bad for number. bad numbers for AEW all last week even though they did they did good in in the rankings on Wednesday right. and really good numbers I, I should say relatively speaking for WWE really good numbers would be like up in the two and a half three million yep. range uh which is where I think they could be if they had creatively satisfying TV but um Good numbers for WWE, relatively speaking, and bad numbers for AEW, just objectively. Why do you think that is? Like, do you, do you think, in terms of Rampage being a a you know Friday night show, which is just a really awful time slot? Do you think the wheels have fallen off? I think it's a missable of, show because of the and it's a missable show because they do do go live sometimes. I mean that I don't work many Fridays anymore because they have conditioned me to believe that it is a missable show. Okay. Um, I don't think that our reviews are missable, but if I'm not, what do I provide necessarily that another panelist couldn't provide if I don't have news to break on this are stuff? Are you kidding? Because, the reputable journalist, Sean Ross Sapp? Well, that's the point, Jimmy. If there's no news to break, if there's nothing interesting happening on that show, what what is there, like, I, it's not pertinent, time sensitive to me. I'd rather be, I don't know, watching Lightyear on a Friday night or something than hanging out at 11 p.m. Yeah. Watching Rampage. Like, and those Fridays, even with SmackDown, it's like, okay, I'd much rather talk to, to our audience than watch that wrestling show because I'm more likely to to be entertained that way than it's just, it's a bad time slot. It ain't point one is really bad. It, it's yeah. like, I, I think, I think Raw in 18 to 49 does like a point five. Yeah. Like point one is really bad. And 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 so I don't like do you think because again, you know, I don't want to shit on AEW because AEW's done really well. They're doing another million dollar gate for Forbidden Door. Do you think that the fact that they've always tended to focus more on the in-ring than the storylines has kind of been an issue for them? Like it's kind of hampered them a little bit. I disagree that they focus more like than who? WWE? No, as a product. I'm not comparing them to WWE. I know, but compared to who? I just mean the, I feel that they tend to, they'll have a lot of guys out there that are really good in the ring, but That's they fine, don't, but, they don't let I, you in, in, in most, uh, invest emotionally. I know. And I'm telling, I'm asking compared to who compared to what company WWE, where Austin theory goes out there and does this and sprays baby oil on somebody's face like that. We're investing in him. Oh, I'm not suggesting they're any better. I know that that's, that, that's the thing. Like I, 
comparatively speaking, like with WWE's numbers going up and AEW's going down, like I definitely don't think it's from an I can't invest in this person emotionally type of story because like how are we supposed to invest in Omos? Like what's interesting about him? Like you can, yeah, it's, I just don't get that. I just don't get that because the stuff that WWE does to get people to invest doesn't get anybody to invest. Yeah. A lot of it isn't good. So what do you think the reason is that, that the numbers uh, for AEW have been dipping a little bit as of late? I think definitely losing CM Punk does not help. That sucks. Not having Brian Danielson on the show does not help. Uh, uh, quite a bit of their audience is plugged in online. They know kind of who's going to be on there and who's not. Okay. Um, and honestly, there's quite a bit of people that I think are unfamiliar with New Japan. I mean, not everybody, but there's going to be plenty of people as well. Mm. But um, yeah, we got now Queen Monet says Rhea Ripley said today she has a brain injury. Have you heard anything what? about how about that and how there's any idea how long she'll be out? I've not seen this whatsoever. So before I even speculate on something like that, I've, I, yeah, I don't see anything about that posted on her social media. So Rhea's on my list today. And, and I was first, I was going to ask you if you heard why she uh, had to pull up for money in the bank. I heard it was a dental thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, my other question was, do you think there's going to be a swerve at Money in the Bank and maybe somebody like Bailey's going to step in instead of Carmella? Okay, somebody said that she replied to a comment on Instagram. Um, somebody send that to me. Somebody DM that to me. Um, but what was what was the question? Do you think that there could be a swerve at Money in the Bank and that somebody like Bailey returns to face Bianca instead of Carmella? Um, possibly, but I mean, Carmella quote-unquote, earned this title shot. It wasn't like SummerSlam where she's just strolling out because Sasha's not going to be there. So that wouldn't be great, but I don't think so. I really don't. And I feel bad for Bianca because that, that's just her luck. Yeah. Uh, we we got to start winding down, and we still have a big topic. Uh, Joel said, there's no equal balance. Wrestling without story does not sell an average audience. I mean, that's, that's the problem with a lot of wrestling. Anime Otaku says, something I've been thinking, could AEW switching a Tuesday and Thursday and maybe making Rampage two hours in an earlier slot work. Rampage does not need to be two hours. In an earlier slot, that would work. They're not switching to Tuesday and Thursday. I don't think they, I don't even think they want to go up against NBA on TBS, but I'd be shocked about that. I could see Rampage moving to Thursday. That would be that'd be fine. Back to back nights. Think that'd be all right. That could be. Um, so yeah, Rhea Ripley said brain slash teeth. Can't see a brain injury. Stop being incompetent. And reaching at nothing when somebody said she didn't look injured. Uh, wow. Okay, then. Well, that is interesting. But we do have uh, the Sasha and Naomi stuff to talk about momentarily. Brent Lockwin says, it'll always be the Sky Dome, Jimmy. Yes, it will. Shot Kid, Shot Kid 29 says, FTR Bucks 3, winner take all, main event for all out. That makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a, an incredible amount of sense to me. And somebody had asked about the issues with AAA, CMLL, and New Japan. CMLL and AAA are just petty with each other. I know that FTR are the AAA champions, but it's more of a CMLL issue than a AAA issue based on what Denise says. And Denise is pretty plugged in with, with uh, Conan and, and that group as well. So um, she would, I think she would have the, the accurate info there, at least as far as, as they claim. Too bad. Uh, you know, yeah, it is. It is. Far says Jimmy's right on the money with that statement. A to be have great wrestling, but every Wednesday with eight matches is uh, a week is tiresome with no stories built. <laughs> well, buddy, I hate to tell you, but WWE Monday Night Raw has eight every Monday night with no story either, and that's the thing. And they're doing two million viewers. So if that's the case, like, what's what's keeping them above water in that sense? What WWE does is they have the same match seven times, and then that's the story. That's basically what it is. Quote that unquote. becomes the story. Um, Sasha, Naomi, of course, everybody's going to ask you about that. Still, nobody in digital that mans the roster has been told to remove her. Uh, a little bit of what I said, uh, may, I don't, uh, maybe I misspoke, but it got misconstrued. When I said nobody in digital, I didn't mean the person who photoshopped out the, the Sasha crew thing. Obviously, there was something said there. But um, people in talent relations haven't been given like the big thumbs up to, to do that. Nobody in PR that I ask has heard anything as of yet. 
talent are speculating that Sasha's gone. Um, people had told me that Naomi seemed like she was keen on staying before all this happened, but I don't really have any confirmation on that. It's being very, very quiet right now. Hmm. Uh, Jimmy, how are you feeling about this? Uh, I think so you, okay, let me ask you this question first. So there were reports might've been from you that Sasha's lawyers were working on it. I that's why I would imagine it's staying quiet. Okay. So it, my gut tells me, and I don't know these people, this is just kind of outside of looking in. I think Sasha wants it. I think Naomi wants to stay. And I, mean, I when, and I, when your lawyers had to work with WWE, you wanted me to stay quiet, Jimmy. Yeah. 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 And instead of, you know, uh, killing my leverage. But uh, but I, I see Naomi posting video of like her husband in the ring on television and stuff like I I feel like that the bridge is going to be mended there. Sasha, I, I saw the picture where she had her eyes done and her hair was like a natural color. Um, I, I feel like Sasha wants to move on. She's she's gotten lots of mainstream opportunities and she knows she can get a wrestling job anywhere she wants. Yep. So I feel like she wants to move on and pursue other stuff. And I feel like Naomi uh, would kind of like to stick around, maybe in, in, in part because her husband works there, maybe. couple more Super Chats, and then we got to wrap up, guys. Joel says, somebody on Reddit said Sasha was actually released weeks ago, but I have a hard time believing that they'd go weeks without an announcement of removing from the roster. It was an, an insider who has been very accurate and verified in the past. Um but, I mean, there are people talking. I, I can tell you that. There are people talking about it, but it's, it's not officials in WWE. And I feel like if somebody tells me in an official capacity, that may affect something. Sean Blanford says it'd be awesome if they had all out in Toronto because that would be an extra week in the city since that's typically the weekend before TIFF. 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 Yeah, whatever that is. Film Festival. Well, there you go. Oh, Toronto International Film Festival. Well... I'm looking for any excuse to go to Toronto I can find. So I hope they do. They can run a live rampage there. And I'm going to be like, Jimmy, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. I'm you coming. Would. Yeah. Guys, leave a thumbs up. We've got a lot of good interviews for you this week. Uh, Grapsity interviewed Red Velvet on Monday. I interviewed Leo Rush. It's up today. His music's just outright good. Check out his music. Not found two drops this week. And I got two more interviews coming this week. Until next time, guys, we're out.